You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 361. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show is my co-host, Annika Harrison. See ya. Hello. No Heysan Heysan today either. Yeah, we always miss the Heysan Heysan when, when Pont is not here. <laughs> what the hell is going on? So last week he ha- had a last minute emergency that he had to deal with. And this time he's sick. Ah, I'm really hoping that he, he recovers soon. We miss you, Pontus. Yeah, get well. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, when the episode was released, we just missed something very sad. An internationally recognized skeptic and science writer, Harriet Hall, died in her sleep. And although she was 77 years old, but still, because it was a sudden thing, Everyone was shocked mm-hmm. in the international skeptical community. And uh, we seem to be the last ones to commemorate her. D- were you there at QED in 2015? No. No, because that's when she was there and I met her in person. She was lovely. She was so nice to everyone. But when it came to discussing science-based medicine and debating pseudoscientists and those peddling alternative medicine or so-called alternative medicine she was tough but she could still do it with a very personal and human touch and uh, that will be sorely missed her personality and she was very prolific as a science writer as well Mm -hmm. so she started out as a, a flight surgeon and then she was uh, a family doctor for a, for a while, a family physician. Mm-hmm. And then when she retired uh, from both, that's when she became a science communicator and, f- and a brilliant one at that. So uh, we, as the whole skeptical community, have been very much saddened by her passing. Mm-hmm. On science-based medicine, Steve Novella wrote a beautiful in-memoriam article mm-hmm. about her uh, because she was a co-founder, an editor, and a contributing author at SBM. Well, but we will continue to read whatever she has left behind um, because uh, we've been using those articles as well mm-hmm. because she did uh, heavy lifting for most of the community <laughs> when it came to um, discussing alternative medicine and um, medical science in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you very much to Ariane Hall for everything that she's done. And I have to mention that it was weird how we were talking about Wikipedia. You remember that? Mm -hmm. That we were talking about Wikipedia and how uh, guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia works. And then I first heard about uh, Hall's passing from Susan Gerbic Mm -hmm. when she says that she just heard and it hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like it, it has happened. And... Obviously, even though they were very good friends, I mean, she loved and admired her, but 
she had to deal with the situation from a Wikipediatrician point of view mm-hmm. yeah. as well. So she didn't have time to mourn because she had work to do about this, um, because she knew that a lot of people would visit her Wikipedia uh, article and we need to make sure that everything is there for them to, to, to see. And uh, since her Wikipedia pages exist in multiple languages, we started working on them. Uh, they, don't, they don't exist in Hungarian but uh, they do in Italian and that ended up being my first ever edit in an Italian Wikipedia article that I had to put everything that's stated there into past tense. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, but we had to be quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. things were moving very quickly. Mm. So yeah, the thinking behind that was that duty first and then we had time to mourn so Mm. i'd like to emphasize that uh, we wanted to have her back upon her passing Mm -hmm. yeah but um hope everyone is well (laughs) i mean you and luna and uh, the family so everyone got out of their sickness yes (laughs) good yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> That's very good. Okay, so in the, in the absence of Pontus, obviously we will not poke the Pope, but as always, we do have something to mention about this week in Skeptical History, also known as Twish. Yeah, we know that uh, there are things like the Royal Society and the like in uh, the United Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, there was another institution that was called the London Institution that was uh, founded in 1806 for the promotion of... uh, scientific facts and educating the people uh, into uh, things that that make a lot of sense. So the charter that was signed by King George III on the 21st of January 1807 said that it was, and I quote, to promote the diffusion of science, literature and arts by means of lectures and experiments and by easy access to an extensive collection of books, both ancient and modern in all languages. And when it comes to the full name of the charter, that was the London Institution for the Advancement of Literature and the Diffusion of Useful Knowledge. So what constitutes useful knowledge? Obviously, science does. And at the beginning of the 1800s, it was a big thing. I mean, the Royal Society had been around since 1663 and the Royal Institution since uh, 1800. But still, such a body for the popularization of science and scientific scientific advance uh, was a big step. And uh, yeah, it was interesting that the main area, the propagation of the knowledge of which was done by the institution, was uh, chemistry. Mm -hmm. And they had their own lab. Very significant uh, chemistry-related uh, research was was done as well, but unfortunately, in 1912, it was dissolved. Mm-hmm. The whole institution, but for a while, it was one of the most important institutions of science communication in the United Kingdom. So, uh, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, it's it's important. I yesterday I gave a, a talk. It was a bit of an introduction into skepticism 
kind of talk. And um, yeah, we were discussing whether the popularization of science, science communication is necessary for people to become skeptics. But since the, at the core of skepticism, there is science and the core of science and the core of skepticism is basically the same. So science without skepticism doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. So yes, to, to one of the questions I did answer yes it is important so uh this is how i thought that the london institution was a good choice for this week in skeptical history because even though it was really for the promotion of science mm -hmm. it was a good means for the public to understand more about it and it had a massive library as well like seventy thousand volumes and it grew up into even to about a hundred thousand i think so very interesting Okay, but moving on, as I said, in the absence of Pontus skipping the act of poking the Pope, and we're moving on to the news. Yes, and um, I can tell you something about news that I didn't even hear about, but the good news. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because initially, Chris French, uh, who we all know, <laughs> yes. wrote an article in The Skeptic, in the magazine, uh -huh. saying that the British False Memory Society has to close. But now the little word not appeared. And that's, of course, good news. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask that, whether it's good news. So it, was it, um, I, I don't know much about the False Memory Society. So wh what is it mm -hmm. they do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, the British False Memory Society, also uh, shortened to BFMS, is a society that has been called... Uh, adult Children Accusing Parents, ACAP, uh, not ACAB, that's an important uh, distinction, mm. um, and was founded in 1993 by Roger Scott Ford, and it's to offer support and advice to parents whose adult children have accused them of childhood sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. But that's not all, because only those who have recovered um, the memories of this abuse during psychotherapy and Like it's a special kind of help for these parents because it has to be like adult children or adult people that as children have recovered these memories in psychotherapy, but prior to therapy, they shouldn't have had memories of that abuse. And the idea behind that is that when someone experiences uh, a very traumatic event, then it would we put into their subconscious or non-conscious part of the mind where it can't be accessed. Mm -hmm. And then it's claimed that these repressed memories can result into anxiety, uh, depression, eating disorders, you get it, like post-traumatic stress disorder and so on. The problem is that most memory experts are dubious <laughs> regarding the very notion of repression already. Mm -hmm. And the means to get these memories are sometimes with methods of like suggestion or repeatedly asking, um, it's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or with, with like guided communication or guided imagery, hypnotic regression, um, which, as we know, works to form false memories and that's why the whole uh, foundation is called uh, false memory you know yeah yeah because yeah and and that's that's what it's for so like to put it in a nutshell it's not to help actual sexual abusers of course not but it is helpful for parents and also f for the actual children um, who believe that they have been abused because of malpractice in in psychotherapy 
And I haven't. <laughs> yes. Um, which, of course, as we know, can also then lead to miscarriages of justice, of people being innocently uh, put, in, put into prison. So that's why why this foundation, this society is a good thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, and how did the knot came in the article? Well, initially they, they thought they had to close down because they have been struggling financially for some time, uh, like a lot of small um, charities. But pretty much last minute, they uh, received 50,000 pounds in the will of a deceased member. And as Chris French put it, that was a bit of a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they can continue to operate, but at a reduced level. And it might take, like, it, it, they would probably need more donations too, stay on board for a longer time but at least they're not completely off the radar now mm -hmm. well then it is good news yes as i said <laughs> <laughs> it is good news <laughs> yeah yeah that that is the conclusion mm -hmm. well not all good news today i'm afraid Aww. there is a hungarian born canadian uh, physician It goes by the name Gabor Mate. Don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he's pretty famous. Uh, I would say that he's he's even world world famous. He's quite a big expert on um, addictions. So that used to be his main interest, but uh, he was a family practitioner as well. And for a while, he was leading a, a palliative unit in uh, Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia. So he's done a lot in helping out people, but then he started working his way into the deeper understanding of mental health and the connection of mental health with disease, especially things like cancer, autoimmune disease and ADHD. Now, when it comes to cancer and autoimmune disease, unfortunately, he has been going down that road that we all are too familiar with people who make weird and not necessarily well substantiated claims about such things and he's unfortunately no exception and why i'm mentioning him now is because in hungary in the last couple of months he's been gaining a lot of momentum uh, his books are now published in hungarian because originally his books have been written in english but uh, now with the hungarian uh, translations of the books um he's he's gaining a lot of attention and now unfortunately we tried with only one post facebook post And boy, the criticism that we get for it, <laughs> it's unbelievable that he is being so admired for his claims that um, cancer and autoimmune disease is basically being caused by childhood trauma, the memories of which have been suppressed, that it's, it's unbelievable. So we had to do with it something about it. And now we are preparing to move forward and we're going to do a little bit of digging into what science actually has to say about that mm -hmm. and uh, we'll see but even if it's scientifically proven that there is a clear connection and we have known for for a long while that um, immunosuppressant effects of stress for example uh, are there so that is a thing but saying outright that your cancer is caused by your childhood traumas that have been unresolved that is too far off and it's this is too far-fetched to be factual so um we need to dig 
do a little bit of digging into that but um, unfortunately we are looking at a big clash um, with the public apparently uh, when we do that and uh, I'm not looking forward to that but we have a duty to do that if it turns out to be wrong or just too far out Mm -hmm. yes and um Things that are far out <laughs> are um, okay. police violence, don't you agree? <laughs> I do. I definitely agree. Yeah. And there have been interesting clashes in Germany at the moment because I don't know if you if you heard about it, but we have had a bit of a, we had a big demonstration actually uh, on the weekend in um, Lützerath. About what? About coal mining. <laughs> mm, okay. That makes sense. Because... Lützerath is a village, it's not too far away actually from us, it's in the Ruhr area, close to Erkelenz, mm-hmm. and um, it's very close to a coal mine, and it pretty much became a bit of a symbol, because yeah, this is basically the edge of the coal mine, and it's um, it's a village where that has been completely, well, it's already empty. People have already moved out um, a year ago, actually. And the coal mine owners want to mine it and destroy the village. Um, they have already destroyed a beautiful old church, not in Lützerath, but w- along the coal line <laughs> of the coal mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's uh, I just can't get it into my head because we know that coal is not the solution. We know that the climate crisis is real, and yeah, and then the German state, the German police doesn't have anything better to do than remove the demonstrators and actually uh, being pretty violent while doing that. They um, have used water guns like these water shooters. And they have used batons and also put them very close to the coal mine line. So like endangering them by falling. And that's not only it, but they also used cars and trucks by RVE, which is the owner of this coal mine. So you just must think that it's like, well, great. Okay, police is working with them. (laughs) And... um, it's like that 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 a police even needs a truck to transport people away uh, that are just peacefully sitting somewhere like not everyone was peacefully sitting i want to make that clear but most of them were peacefully sitting or standing and yeah you they were basically hitting them and pushing them and like trucking them away uh, including Greta Thunberg who also was there and who um, pretty much immediately denounced police violence because, yeah, that's not what you should do, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Especially not about something like that. It's um, if I would be violent because I want someone's car, then I would, like, if if I would actually commit a crime, I would understand if people tackle me to the ground and and maybe give me a little push, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But these people, they have been, like, they are there because they want planet Earth (laughs) and humankind to survive. (laughs) Yeah, what a terrible thing to want. Exactly. It's just like, (laughs) how how could you? (laughs) How dare you to to quote Greta Thunberg? (laughs) It's just like, yeah. Yeah, so uh, pretty exciting stuff um i think i would i would be someone i would probably have gone there if um if it weren't for luna mm-hmm. but i'm definitely too afraid to put like off police violence to put a toddler into this situation but uh yeah that's what's happening here right now um 
I mean, at least Germany has now decided to maybe phase out of coal uh, emissions by 2030 and not 2038. But I think a lot of people would agree with me if I say that's not good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to stop yesterday you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely there is no time to waste anymore mm -hmm. all right so thank you very much thank you. <laughs> for reporting that but um, to ranting you mean <laughs> do we know if that's over i mean they were free to go after after the demonstration right okay. yeah 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 it's like they um they pretty much keep uh keep them there to get everything down <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. um and today in the last few days they actually removed everyone else okay so they removed people in tree houses they removed people in a tunnel <laughs> because they like because no one lives there you can you can pretty much um just stay there because no one will claim it yep. except for the people who who want to coal mine of course so yeah they pretty much cleared it and they say that they would need the coal this winter mm -hmm. so it, it will continue mm -hmm. um the mining and the clash is over as far as i know but we don't know what will happen in in the near future yeah yeah but we can expect a lot of these happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it's just normal that people don't have any other means to try to make an effect mm -hmm. and to push for a change. So if po politicians, if by decision makers, uh, um, I make a distinction because it's not only politicians who make decisions, uh, because company leaders, big corporations make big decisions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if they don't care if they don't listen to the people mm -hmm. then the only means for people to remain is to go and demonstrate on the streets yeah exactly and uh well i wouldn't be surprised if violent demonstrations were happening very very soon as well i'm not encouraging anyone to do that mm -hmm. but desperation can lead to yeah. a, a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, a lot of people are getting desperate yeah, now. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't like it when people glue themselves to the ground and people, like, ambulances can't get through. That happened in Berlin. Yeah. Because like, that's just plainly wrong. Uh, if, if people have an accident somewhere else and ambulances can't go through, that's just not okay. Mm. But, yeah, something like what happened in Lützerath, I can only applaud the demonstrators because yeah. it's like we're all with you, if not in, in person, then in, in a thought, so to say. Like we're all yeah. agreeing yeah. With, with the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now you mentioned something being plain wrong. <laughs> I'm really interested in hearing who's been really wrong lately. Yes, and um, I won't let you wait. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, I wanted to give this to someone who has lost the whip <laughs> and probably also his mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, not not necessarily in that order. <laughs> probably the other one first, like probably in the reverse order. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, might be that this person even uh, might be cast out permanently from his party because... Conservative MP Andrew Bridgen from the UK provoked widespread fury among his colleagues because he tweeted something, and I quote it, as one consultant cardiologist said to me, this, and this is, it means vaccines, COVID vaccines, this is the biggest crime against humanity since the Holocaust. Oh, okay. End quote. 
and um so he he has lost his mind he yes yeah, so, so <laughs> i <laughs> it wasn't unwarranted what i said yeah, yeah so he has been an mp since 2010 um and Definitely, as conservative chief whip Simon Hart says, he has crossed the line. We, like Europe, Germany, UK, everyone who worked on the vaccine should be proud on what has been achieved. It's um, It was really good against COVID. It's still good against COVID. And he's helping the wrong people. He's helping anti-vax people by behaving like an anti-vaxxer. And not only that, but pre- comparing a functional and good vaccine to the Holocaust where people were murdered in, in one of the worst genocides humankind ever committed. This is why he receives this week's prize for being really wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, we could even uh, hand out um, really right to the Tory party yep. for expelling him. Yeah, exactly. But it would probably be too far-fetched to do that with the Tories. <laughs> 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 But for a change, they did the right thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Because that's, yeah, really, really wrong indeed. Yeah, I'm not really following him closely, but choosing uh, Rishi Sunak might not have been the worst thing they did mm-hmm. um, for the for prime minister. He's been, he's been on for a while, so at least he has lasted <laughs> more than a month, which cannot be told about every one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Whatever. Thank you very much, Annika. And um, I can say out loud that Andrew Bridgen deserved this really wrong price. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. And it's really fun to be in agreement with the Tory party as well. Mm-hmm. Very uncommon. <laughs> doesn't happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But before we leave... Um, this this ended up being a quite a short episode, but um, mm-hmm. I think that probably our listeners don't mind that either. Mm-hmm. This probably is a welcome change, but mm-hmm. before we go, we definitely need a quote. Yes, and I would be absolutely remiss if I wouldn't quote um, Greta Thunberg, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because this week um, I just want to show a bit more support for her actions. Um, she's a Swedish political activist. I think she probably doesn't need an introduction. <laughs> um, so I will just quote her, and she said, You must unite behind the science. You must take action. You must do the impossible. Because giving up can never, ever be an option. End quote. And she said that in front of the US Congress in Washington on the 17th of September 2019. Yeah, that's that was Greta Thunberg's um, quote for you. And I just completely agree. Like, we have to do what the science says. And the science says keep climate change from happening more because otherwise we won't recognize our civilization in a few decades that's correct so uh yeah thank you very much for that and uh we admire the work that greta thunberg does yes sorry i keep i keep saying th- <laughs> i didn't thunberg instead of <laughs> thunberg. 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 thunberg yeah just imagine that she doesn't have an h greta and then thunberg. <laughs> yeah bad habits <laughs> but that concludes our show this week and i'd like to thank you anika for joining me today thank you many many thanks to our listeners as well for tuning in please keep doing so and until next week goodbye tschüss bis lat hello hey <laughs> <laughs>
has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments, or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Shrub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe